Welcome to Redesigning High School, our little podcast for parents and anyone else who might be interested in how we might remake school for the benefit of students. My name is Terry DeBow, and I'm the director of special projects here at Hawkins School outside of Cleveland. My partner in crime, Julia Griffin, the director of the Mastery School, is out on summer vacation, and I am just here to introduce the next episodes uh, that are part of our Meet the Team summer series. So uh, the Mastery School is uh, in process. We are designing it, and there are some incredible members of this team who are working hard. and uh, we think you should meet them. So uh, we hope you like these episodes. And uh, we'll be back sometime in August uh, with more uh, more episodes of Redesigning School. Uh, but in the meantime, hope you like these guys. Well, hello, Katie. Hi. How, how are, are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Thanks okay. for coming. And how's your summer? It's been pretty good. I actually, my son has loved the rain, so I'm oh. enjoying it. <laughs> well, hooray for your son. <laughs> I knew he loved water. I didn't know that rain was oh included God. in that. It's crazy. It's done nothing but rain. Yeah. Yes. I, I've gotten notes that I complain about the weather too much in in life and on <laughs> the podcast. California, Terry. Well, I'm just, it doesn't even, you don't have to be from California to complain about the weather. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's true. It was really nice yesterday. It was. It was beautiful. Yeah. So anyway, this is not a weather podcast. It's an education <laughs> podcast. So uh, so we're meeting the team. So uh, let's get to know you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Katie. So um, I grew up in Cleveland Heights. Um, my parents were biologists at uh, Case Western Reserve University. Um, so I was, was kind of raised with this mentality of um, knowing facts and experimenting and um, always having to have reasons behind what you do. Um, but the ideas of art, arts weren't necessarily part of my upbringing. So um, as I went and explored college and everything, I didn't actually have this idea of becoming an architect. Um, but while I was in college, that's where the the math and arts kind of blended. And it actually, looking back on my life, was very logical. It yeah. was always my interest to be artistic and to love math. Um, so in college, I uh, started to pursue architecture, um, ultimately got my master's at Kent, and um, and then I was a practicing architect for um, nine years, and I loved it. Tell us a little more about architecture education and how it's different from maybe traditional education. So it's definitely a very individualized approach to learning. Um, you're always working on um, like a studio project um, that is coming out of your own mind, you're given prompts and constraints and requirements, deliverable requirements, but ultimately you're in in a lot of control of what you're working on. And it's very, the teacher's kind of mentoring you. It also, I think, is um, a huge exercise in getting ideas out of your head um, and communicating. So like using this great imagination that you have, but um, getting it out into the world. And then I think... Ultimately, it was where I learned how to um, fail. So, you know, all growing up in high school, I was a a very good student. Um, Probably didn't feel the weight of failure until I went through the college process and got accepted and denied. And you feel the devastation and but the excitement of the one places you do get accepted. But I think that was actually the first time like I felt like a real failure. And in architecture school, it, it happens every day like your professor will come in and rip things apart and you feel like I just worked hours on that why did you do that but 
it it's about that iteration process and knowing that like it's not like failing in the in the way that people think like you're stupid you're you're you don't know how to do this it's like how how do we make this better like that's always the it's goal interesting of it. like the way you phrase that first because it's, a, it's the first time that you felt like a failure you know you mm-hmm. personalized it you became the thing um, did over time having that experience of things not working out or getting the guidance that the, the thing you made wasn't quite enough, did that eventually sort of separate the you from the act? I absolutely think that's exactly what um, the architecture education did for me. That um, architecture is very personal in general, I think. It's very creative. It's, it's very creative. Yeah. You, it's your ideas becoming this huge building that everyone has a comment <laughs> on, everyone has an opinion about. But I think architecture education teaches you um, – how to ground those ideas in something that's um, logical and fact-based so that you can you can talk about it and stand up for it. And then when someone has a critique of it, you can incorporate that feedback into your work. Um, and then it doesn't feel like you're the failure. It's like, this didn't work out, so how do right. we make it better? Right. And that sort of separation mm-hmm. of you from the thing can be very powerful. Yeah. But I school totally doesn't agree. really give you the traditional school doesn't give you a lot of opportunities for that. Right. You and the thing become the thing, the same yeah. thing, right? Exactly. Well, Terry and I both as, you know, humanities teachers, writing teachers, yeah. I think have plenty of experience with that, right? It's kind of like your building, like your your essay, your story does feel very connected to you and that separation is hard to uh, it's hard to have it feel like it's judging or critiquing a piece and not you. Oh yeah. my god, I remember in high school like just not reading the comments cuz I didn't want anyone to um I didn't want Which to feel exactly that. Just exactly what we feel. love to hear. Yeah, like right. <laughs> yeah, and not because I didn't right. think my teacher was great or, or their their ideas, but I I couldn't you take c- the yeah. failure. I it, couldn't take someone being mean to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so so now after he, the at the end of year one of teaching. By the way, I don't think I've actually paused and said, hey, congratulations <laughs> on the end of year one yeah. as a teacher, because the end of the year had, you know, was kind of busy, but congratulations. Yeah, and, and actually, let's walk it back even more. This is your first year teaching, because you were a professional exactly. architect, and you joined Hawk in, in part to be part of this mastery team, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So what a series of accomplishments. I know. And I and in some ways, I think what, I, what I'm thinking about there is, as you think about this year, are there elements of... You know, we're not so we're not at Hawken or at the mastery school necessarily training everybody to be an architect, although I'm sure you wouldn't be sad if they all became <laughs> architects. But um, but nor nor would I, I guess, if that's what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, are there elements of that approach in architecture education that you find that you are able to use here? I mean, definitely. I the I mean, the whole way that we give feedback and um have the students present their ideas, um, I think is, is architecture education. Um, I think the, the repeated giving feedback of the work and, you know, instilling that it's not a, you, it's, this isn't a personal tech on you. Let's just make this work better is, is definitely something that is a focus point of the mastery school. I think, mm-hmm. um, in architecture school, there was less, um, real world problems we were usually working on a um a fictitious thing that our teacher came up with mm-hmm. um and sometimes very 
abstract, um, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think is kind of important. It gets you to think outside of the box and think in a different way and not jump to... Um, Where's the AC that's going to be? <laughs> right. Or like, how does that door handle work? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being a professional architect and, and being removed from the school a little bit, I mean, I worked on real world problems all the time. So right. for a living. I, mean, I, think, <laughs> I think that um, the idea that like I know what the professional world is, is definitely helpful to the mastery school. Um, I, I know people in the world that are doing really great, amazing things in Cleveland. Um, and I think Cleveland's also actually a really great place to do this because it's small enough that um, the networks are really intertwined and it's like a small, sometimes it feels like a small town. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think also like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does. But that can be great. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And also the way that, um, you know, the cost of living is low. So people are willing to take more risk. Um, mm-hmm. I, we worked with Harness Cycle um, in the architecture class last um last semester and their spin studio that's kind of similar to a soul cycle in New York city. Um, but she's very, the owner is very dedicated to developing community through movement. And I was just talking to her yesterday about some ideas that she has to, um, develop like a retail collective that collaborates with her spin studio to, you know, grow this community. And I don't think that you can take those big risks um, yeah. as easily in like a New York City where you have to think about if this fails, I lose every penny. You right. Know? Yeah. Well, and my parents' pennies. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so interesting because I think part of what we're trying to do in the you know in the mastery school is create opportunities for students where. where to practice and try things. And it's like what you were just talking about, about that space to try something and fail. And you're right. There is something in Cleveland that allows the stakes to not be quite so high, even and if the work really does. Of course it matters yeah. hugely to the well, people who and, are doing and, it. And the impact is still really significant. Yeah. I mean, there's so much innovation going on in this city and there are so many people making incredible you know, lives in this area. So um, yeah, no, I think it, it, there's a, there is this nice overlap of, 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 of resources and talent and, you know, sort of just sort of collective energy to go try something new um, in a place where you can actually make it happen. So um, I have one more question for you, Katie, Mm -hmm. as we think about meeting the team at the mastery school. Um, You're new to education. Mm -hmm. What surprised you about becoming a teacher? What what is it about Mm -hmm. this profession that makes you, uh, I don't know, that sort of took you back a little bit? Um. I guess, I mean, I felt like I came into a, a team that was maybe a little bit different than a typical educational model, but I, it did surprise me how isolated you can you can be. Um, so luckily, I felt like I came into a team that was multidisciplinary, so I felt like I knew a little bit more about um, – what was going on around the school, then I think some teachers who have been here for 15 years and they don't necessarily get their hands in a lot of the, um, the other disciplines, which I think also just as an architect, I'm, I'm very interested in, you know, I was a math major in college. I 
I'm very interested in the history behind things because I think it makes architecture better. And I'm interested in art and how people express themselves visually. So I think naturally I, I want to know about all those things where um, I just it does surprise me how you can be isolated if you want to be. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the mm-hmm. persistent problems with schools, right, is that mm-hmm. people get into silos and they don't know how to talk to each other or they feel threatened by the other group. And right. um, this design feels like it's much more collaborative and curious and interdisciplinary in nature. I think it makes the meetings less productive. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Which one, when everyone's siloed or if everyone has when opinions? When everyone's siloed. Yeah. <laughs> well, because when... when when you're working together, it, there is some like empathy and understanding of each other. Um, so you're not like just repeating yourself. And sometimes I think when you are siloed, it maybe this part gets cut. I don't know. I'm not talking badly <laughs> about people. I'm sorry, like, <laughs> the English department blames the math department. The math department well, blames I mean, everyone gigs up on science, and that's how that works. I mean, I just think when you're siloed, you 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 only think about your problem from your perspective. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's such a good point. Yeah. And we'll probably leave it in. Easy. We'll see. <laughs> Send us your hate mail yeah. to Terry DeVoe <laughs> yeah. at Hawking. Just kidding. That's not how the email works. No. Um, good thing. Good thing. Uh, well, anyway, Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and uh, I hope you get some relaxation this summer and that we'll be back at it. Before we know it. <laughs> thank you for having me. Of course. I want to thank you for listening to Redesigning High School, our summer series where you're going to meet the team uh, who are involved in designing the Mastery School of Hawken. We'll be back uh, with new episodes in August uh, when Julia and I are, and all the rest of us are done vacationing and catching our breath. Um, thank you for listening. As usual, you can find us on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Subscribe to our newsletter, which you can find at redesigningschool.org. All the rest, social media, blogs, all the rest. So thank you again for listening. Hope you have a great summer, and we'll catch you again soon.